Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Creative Process Podcast with myself, Jared Klein. Today on episode 15, obviously you see we have a, a guest on today. Um, if you don't see, if you're just listening, if you're just listening, you would have seen by the title. So um, yes, we have a guest on today, like the majority of the times. But before we get into meeting Ashley and talking with Ashley, um, we, I guess I, on the Creative Process Twitter, just released... Uh, CP collab number four the subject for this one let me see if I can pick it up oh actually I mean time of recording it hasn't actually gone out yet it's going out in a minute um, but anyways the subject for this I guess iteration of the collab for the community is Anthony the player from Manchester United um, he just had a pretty big pretty big week in the Champions League but um but yeah so Go do that if you want to do that. I mean, the ones prior are on the Twitter, um, and I think the links should still be active Google Drive-wise. So, um, but if they aren't, make sure to DM the Twitter. I'll be I'll be able to respond to you pretty quickly. I have Twitter up like all day. It's a disease. Um, but uh, but yeah. So CP Collab number four is out now. Go, I guess, kind of do it if you want to. It's awesome, kind of seeing what the whole community comes up with. It's it's really cool with same assets or very similar assets. Some people going grab different ones but um it's very awesome seeing what other people come up with um with that so anyways that was my little promo piece ashley thank you for coming on today thank you for being flexible with um me forgetting i had softball yesterday (laughs) thanks for having me glad to be here awesome um so yeah i guess introduce yourself to start things off introduce yourself to the people um we were talking earlier you didn't we didn't i introduced myself but you didn't introduce yourself just so we could have the other people meet you as well as when I meet you. So, um, yeah, yeah, if you could introduce yourself to the people who don't know who you are, um, that would be awesome. And then we can get right into the episode. Of course. My name is Ashley McCaffrey. Um, I was born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, and then a little bit later in my life, I kind of bounced around a bunch. Um, my dad actually worked for Hershey Chocolate growing up, which was way cool. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, his job kind of moved us around a little bit. So I went to high school um, in St. Louis, and because of that, wound up going to a really tiny school in Missouri um, called William Woods University, um, where I graduated in 2014. Um, while I was at William Woods, I actually played soccer all four years there. And that's kind of what got me interested in um, the whole sports world and working in sports. Um, I kind of realized my sophomore year of college that if I could combine my two biggest passions, so at the time it was actually soccer um, and graphic design, that it would be way cool. So I started out with my first internship my junior year of college where I worked for the um, women's pro soccer team in Kansas City. Um, And since then, I haven't really looked back in the sports world. So I've been working in the sports world since 2012. Um, I've spent a little bit of time in professional sports, a little bit, a a lot of my career has been spent in college athletics. Um, and then just over a year and a half ago, I actually decided to go freelance. So, um, my husband had a remote job. I decided to go freelance and, um, because we were both kind of at our own devices, we decided to, uh, up and move somewhere fun. So we currently now (laughs) live in Nashville, Tennessee, um, which is really cool an awesome city to to go explore so he and i live here with our our two dogs Allie and hank um and yeah that's pretty much everything about me <laughs> awesome so you live in nashville that's cool that's yeah really cool. i had a uh i have an old friend that lives in nashville um and he 
actually lived outside, but I don't remember what specific suburb or whatever he lives in. But he said he just couldn't say enough about it. It's a super fun place to to live. I know I know it's like the uh, what's it like the bachelor bachelorette party capital of the world or something like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> we went downtown with some friends a, a couple months ago when we had them. And which, by the way, if you live in Nashville, you don't ever really go to Broadway or to all those <laughs> those spots because. It is Bachelor and Bachelorette, um, Capital of the World. I think we were down there and we counted, just in a couple hours, counted over like 80 Bachelor, Bachelorette parties or something like that. It's insane. Why is why does it have like that connotation with it? Like, is it just because like over time or? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really great um, Airbnbs here where you can have a lot of people come. And I mean, I've been here, prior to living here, I'd been here for um, a Bachelorette party too, so. I think it's just a fun place you can come listen to a lot of live music get some good food mm-hmm. just i don't know mm-hmm. so i guess let's get into kind of like the uh the topics at hand based on the notes that we have um but one thing i mm-hmm. want to mention before if for listeners listening if you listen to the last one you would know that ashley is the last person from zero g that i can get on the podcast which is awesome to have to be able to have a conversation with every single one of you awesome people it has uh yes it was great like i think i had i had brandon on he was the first one out of you six that i had on Mm -hmm. and then went from i think brandon to sammy and then sammy to dan and then brian is that four i think that's four. Uh yeah that's four and then obviously mark and then you oh yeah i forgot to mention that in my spiel too zero g's (laughs) We started zero G last year as well. So it's been a busy, a busy last year and a half. Awesome. Yeah. How was that transition for you getting into freelance from, I guess, Um, working in sports and everything for so long? Yeah, for sure. So during, um, and I know we kind of talked about it a little bit in our zero G roundtable the other day, but um, during COVID times, um, I was working at KU um, for their football program. it was going great. I, I liked the people there. It was awesome. Um, but I know with a lot of college programs during COVID, there were a lot of pay cuts and furloughs um, and things of, of that nature that kind of came up during that time. Um, and similar to like like you had said, you, you got married last summer during that time. I had just gotten married right before COVID, the summer before COVID hit. So I was kind of in that, that point in my life where I just kind of started realizing like, I am missing a lot of life working in college football. Like I, I don't have a fall. Um, then I often don't have a winter because of all the recruiting things. I just got married. I was like, I want to spend some more time with, with my husband, with my dogs. Um, and at the time with, with pay cuts and furloughs and everything else going on in the sports industry, um, I kind of interviewed for a couple other jobs and I just didn't really feel like there was anything else out there that was going to be a better um, scenario for me at the time. Uh, and I just kind of felt like it was my time to to move on. And I decided to jump into the freelance world um, with with both feet and, and dove right into it, um, which honestly, I could not have done without the crew of Zero G. Um, Brian, Sammy, Dan, um, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the newest to freelance out of the whole crew. So they were huge mentors for me, um, jumping into freelance and, and really helping me with all the nitty gritty of, of what that transition would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet like um I mean your your why for getting into freelance was is awesome. Like I feel like I feel like that's a pretty consistent one. Um but it's also I feel like it's also a big like the big drive. Like you want to spend more time with 
the people you love and, and you want to do the things that you love. So you want to have some way where you can still make, you know, your decent amount of money that you want to make and hit those mm-hmm. financial sides that, you know, but also want to have that life balance. I feel like, I feel like especially collegiate athletics, you're asked to do a lot and a lot has been put on, is a lot is put on your plate. So, you know, I feel like that can get overwhelming pretty quickly, but I feel like some people, um, I'm, I'm seeing this a little bit more, some younger designers and I don't really want to say inexperienced because everyone's experience is different, you know? Sure. Um, so like, I guess some designers decide to go into freelance and they're unprepared and they kind of, you know, they don't, they don't have the right people in the corner, in their corner. They don't know, they don't know who to ask. They don't know what to ask. Um, sure. and that they kind of fall out. So I guess when it, when it came into getting into freelance, like what, types of questions did you have to ask those people that you mentioned like obviously you don't have to get into specifics but what type yeah. of considerations i know this wasn't really on our note sheet but this brings up a really good point no. that we can talk about oh well, that's fine yeah i definitely was in a scenario where i mean going, going freelance is so scary like it really is you're giving up the a, a steady income you're giving up um all things familiar um so for me i had a lot of questions just like how do I go about it? What are the things that I need to do? Um, there are so many little things that you need to do when you when you start your business, whether it is um, finding an accountant or learning how to do bookkeeping, um, thinking of ways that you want to market yourself. Um, the little things like knowing how to write contracts and proposals, and there's just so many elements into it. And honestly, it was like unfamiliar territory for me. And it was it was tough for me. Like I, I did struggle at the beginning to really get started, but I was super lucky to have those guys in Zero G to really lean on. And they really did help me a ton through through the process. So that was nice. And then on top of that, too, I mean, had I not already spent eight years in the sports industry, I don't know that I would have been comfortable going freelance because I was I mean, I've been so incredibly lucky to build some amazing connections throughout my eight years spent in the sports industry and those people all the people that I've worked with in the past all the people that I had connected with those were the people that reached out to me when I when I went freelance and um, knew me were familiar with me and my work and and the people who trusted me to um, do projects for them and I, I feel so grateful for that do you think that tenure and that experience was I mean I guess you, you just answered it but like do you think that tenure and that experience is something designers should strive for for understanding like in the how to i mean how things work and then obviously like to i guess to grab the reins on how the industry works but then also you know to develop those relationships do you think that's super important like do you think that's something everyone should do first yeah i mean like you said everyone has their own path and and how they get where they get mm-hmm. um and that's obviously going to be shaped on your experiences and and who your mentors are and how you were taught. Um, but for me, I don't think, I, I know that I wouldn't have been comfortable going freelance had I not had that experience. And especially having both experience in the professional side of things and in collegiate athletics, because I mean, they are two totally different worlds and you are working on some totally different projects in, in both sectors, um, just because they both have different goals and different initiatives when it comes to uh, the the things that they're the audience that they're trying to reach and and projects that they're trying to accomplish yeah i th- i feel like i guess I, you you hit on it right at the end like being able to experience 
multiple different perspectives rather than just getting one taste and one taste only. I guess okay. kind of, at least I'm guessing here, probably was able to like have your understanding broaden a little bit and be able to, you know, take those experiences and and I, I feel like that that allows you to understand different types of clientele a lot better and be able to get on the right. same page with like their vision a lot easier, you know, in a, in a way, I guess, if, if I explain that, I think the best, best. I yeah. Can. And being in house gives you the vision to see that no matter in college athletics or professional sports, there are so many stakeholders um, involved. So in college mm -hmm. athletics, you're having to please coaches, donors, fans, um, and a marketing department, whereas in, the professional side of things, you're having to please a marketing marketing department, um, oftentimes a PR or a social team, and then also sponsorship on top of all that too, and all the sponsors that um, work with the organization that you work for. So it, just having that knowledge and being familiar with dealing with each of those different types of people and knowing um, what each of those sectors goals are and how to communicate with those sectors, I think is um, pretty valuable experience, especially when you go out on freelance and and you have to do those things on your own. You don't have um, other people in your organization doing that for you. Mm -hmm. So we talked about, I guess, learning a little bit, especially in your transition into everything, being able to seek out people to kind of have people to ask those questions. Um, when it came into like you getting into that transition, we'll use this, I guess, experience as specific as we can. Picking those people out that that you wanted to ask like was there a lot of decision making into who am i going to ask these questions to um you know specifically and who who am i going to ask to be able to get the information that that i want or like was there like um like people that you looked up to specifically like were you like i'm going to ask them for this specific reason and i'm saying specific a lot aren't i <laughs> I feel like I am. Um, but you, you, get, you get the gist, I guess, what I'm trying to ask there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I think everywhere that I've worked, I've always had people who I've become super close with. And to anyone who's in the sports industry knows that the sports industry in general, and specifically the sports design community, it is such a tight-knit, um, small community. Uh, everyone for the most part, tends to like look out for one another, tends to offer a helping hand to one another. Um, and I've been so lucky at the places that I've worked with, especially uh, I spent four years of my career at Purdue. So um, I know you had Paul Sadler on mm -hmm. um, a while ago. He has been like a huge mentor for me throughout my whole career. He's the one who gave me my first job in sports out of college. Um, so he's someone that I went to and talked about all these things with. Um, I have a Slack group with a bunch of people that I used to work with at Purdue. So Matt Tornquist, Corey Wonderly, um, Chris Johnson. And I, of course, go to them because I know that those people are all people who who know me. They know my goals. They know who I am as a person. And, and they really helped me kind of make the big decision to go freelance. And then once I decided that that was the direction that I wanted to go, um, I just started to reach out to people who I know have been successful from a freelance perspective. Um, I, I've been a long time friend and follower of Sammy Silverman, um, being at Ohio State, um, and me being at Purdue, I always, uh, <laughs> always envious of what he did there, but um, I knew that he had jumped into the freelance world uh, recently from college athletics, so I really reached out to him and, and kind of started with him uh, for the most part, knowing that he had a similar background as me, and, and it just kind of went from there. I just 
didn't hesitate to reach out to people that I had maybe met at MLC or met on Twitter um, that I admired and that I looked up to. Mm -hmm. Did you have any problem with like ego or humility when it came to that type of stuff? Like was there, was there pride involved or were you just like totally full in? Like, I don't know as much as I want to know. So I'm not afraid to ask questions. No, I mean, it, it's exactly that. Like, I had no clue what I was doing. And I let's be real, I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just figuring it out as I go. Um, it, it's just reaching out to these people and saying, hey, like, I'm thinking about doing this. Like, do you have any advice for me? Is there anything that I should be looking into? Is there anything that I should be starting with that I maybe might not be aware of? And, and just kind of taking in all that feedback and all that advice as it comes to me. Let's let's talk about let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about let's talk about ego for a second. Personally, sure. like when I first started, I was very prideful in myself and like what I was what I'm like learning and what I what I what I've produced and everything. So like at first, honestly, it was I would say up until I hit like college or even like senior year of high school, starting your learning how to receive critique and constructive feedback and everything like that. Like I was like like my way or the highway when it came to like designing personally, I, I've, I was, I've like, if you talk to me or whatever, if we have a conversation, I'm, I'm not that person like talking person to person, not about design. But when it came to design, when I first started, I was like, this is mine. This is my decision. And if you tell me otherwise, I, I'm not agreeing with you. You know, I wasn't, wasn't super considerate. How, I guess in your experience, how important, I guess, whether with you or with working with other people, how important is losing the ego, especially within a team or collaborative setting? And I guess you can use zero G as an example for this as well, because working with six, five other people, you know, always, I I would guess probably has some bumps and miscommunications potentially and um, everything like that. But I guess how, how was losing the ego and, and being able to, I guess, controlling it, if not losing it fully, how was that super benefit? Like, how, how how did that benefit the situation, or how did it not benefit the situation? You know, I guess to totally take my huge question and jumble it down into. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Uh, I mean, first I'll start with we're creatives. I'm pretty sure every creative has a little tiny bit of an ego in there. Um, <laughs> and if if not from just like confidence in what they do, just more from the fact that. So many creatives are just so passionate about what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a tattoo that's a Greek word, and it's meriki, and it means um, to do something with soul, creativity, or love, to put something of yourself into your work. So I think that that's how a lot of creatives are. Like I feel like so many of us, especially in the sports industry, we eat, breathe, sleep our jobs. And so much of what goes into our work is is passion, hard work, long hours, and naturally, I think there's going to be a little bit, maybe not ego, maybe isn't the right word, but you just have so much pride mm-hmm. because you literally pour yourself into it. Like you put so much of yourself into um, what you're working on. So I think it, it does happen uh, naturally in that capacity. Um, but I will say I don't like when people aren't willing to take advice and aren't willing to learn from others when it comes to their ego, when they let their ego get in the way um, in that scenario, like I know working in, in college athletics, I had the opportunity to work with a bunch of interns um, in that time and hire a bunch of interns um, and a full-time employee as well. But I would never hire an intern who 
I could tell was super unteachable or, or I could tell was like, it's my way or the highway or it's <laughs> just because I don't know, like if you're not willing to learn, mm -hmm. are you ever going to be super, super great at what you do? Because so much of what we do is constantly evolving, learning, um, learning new skill sets, especially in, in technology and social media and sports, all of that is changing constantly. So if you're not willing to be able to research something, learn a new skill set, um, try something new that maybe you didn't think you never thought of, trying trying things in a different manner. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to be super successful if you're not willing to learn. Mm -hmm. I like I like the word you used a little bit ago, coachability and being able to be, or you said, you said teachability. You said, you said teachability. Um, like being able to, you know, like, let the blinders go up, open your eyes a little bit, open your mind a little bit and consider things. And I think like, I, I, I remember like having just a big turning point, like in realizing that like, I, this is something that this is a saying that sometimes it doesn't make sense to me, but like, you don't know what you don't know. So like, how, how, how are, how, like, how am I able to say like, I know better than someone else when, you know, even I don't even know, like, I don't, I don't even know what they know. I don't know what, really? you, you know? So it's like, how, who, who am I to say that I'm the best or, you know, that like, I know more than you, like who, who, who are really? we, to, who are we to say that? Especially when I feel like in our industry, it's super interpretive too. Like I, I, I think that yeah. bridge between physical art and digital art and even calling this like art, like everything in every, mm -hmm. uh, styles and looks and everything is super interpretive. So I feel like that opinion as well is like, you know, like so many, so many people's tastes are different. So many people's processes are different. So many people's like learning, like, um, you know, learning ability and being able to take in information is, is different. And, you know, people, people just learn different ways and learn, learn things differently. And, um, I feel like having that whole aspect of I'm bigger than you or I'm better than you is just something that is going to defeat yourself rather than help anything else like you're only going to destroy yourself and destroy your own experiences and and especially relationships with people that you work with or people mm -hmm. that you want to work with like people can smell that like people with experience I feel like right. can smell can smell people like that and it's it's not gonna I don't, I don't know how to say this without potentially insulting yeah. people but like you're, no, you're it, it's not gonna help anything you know it's you gotta you gotta lower that you gotta lower that wall that you have between yourself and the other people and be able to have an open mind and consider different things you know and working in-house taught me a lot about this too and not necessarily from a design perspective but just from a people's a people perspective mm -hmm. too and it helps give me new insights on the things that I was working on so I know a lot of college athletics is just viewed as like the grind, especially college football recruiting. It's just kind of viewed as the grind, pumping out all these recruiting graphics. But to be honest, like I have, and everyone thinks I'm crazy when I say this, but I can explain myself. Um, <laughs> I have a huge passion for college recruiting and I think it's so fascinating. Um, like for me personally, like I know how big of a decision it was for me um, to choose where I wanted to go to school. So I really challenged myself to think about working in college football recruiting from that angle, um, to think about the fact that you're helping 
a kid make a decision that is literally going to change the trajectory of their life, especially in college football. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't go to the right school, if you don't go to the right, have the right coaches, if you're not in the right um, football schematic for your skill sets, like, I mean, where they choose to go to school literally chooses whether or not they get to go play in the NFL or not, whether or not they have a strong brand on social media. Um, I mean, to them, choosing a school is, is such like a life-changing it, it literally could completely change what direction they go with their life. So mm-hmm. that kind of gave me a whole new passion surrounding um, college recruiting. that I don't think a lot of people think about it in that manner. Um, and then also when it comes to working with coaches too, um, I would go to the coaches that I worked with and I would find the person who I thought was the best recruiter on the staff. And I would be like, I want you to treat me like I'm a five-star recruit. I want you to recruit me because I want to learn what your process is and I want to understand what your goals are, what you're saying to a kid when you first reach out to them, um, what you're saying to a kid right before he's going to sign his letter of intent. Like I want to know what you're trying to, what messages that you're trying to share with a recruit so that I can help you in in your job so that I can mm-hmm. do the best in, in my role to be able to help you. So a lot of that um, kind of goes along with what we were talking about, about being able to to learn and kind of letting down your ego. Like as a designer, you don't know everything. Like if, if you don't take the time to, to talk to people and figure out what their goals are, um, I don't know. I feel like it gives a different perspective when you actually take the time to do that. Mm-hmm. I feel like with like, with the process of taking critique and, and, and being patient to like see the other person's side of things, like it helps you like completely, or at least it helped me completely removed from graphic design. Like it helped me, mm-hmm. you know, it, it like when I would get into a misunderstanding or like a conflict or a small argument or something, like it would help me be able to pause, take a step back, be able to try to see the other side and even consider the other side, no matter yeah. how radical or how, you know, how obscene as I thought the other side was like it, it it taught me to kind of sit there and be patient with everything it like you know it 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 prepared me for you know the ability to consider tough conversations rather than just to throw them away and not even pay attention to them um this is this conversation is going (laughs) somewhere else but but yeah I, I feel like that's a skill that um being able to, you know, that's a skill that designers, especially working with a team is able to, like, we were able, we just, I guess, innately get that, you know, that's something that we just through process and through, you know, our line of work, that's something that we are able to kind of get out of it. And, you know, that's just an impact in your, I guess, real life, not work life (laughs) in your, you know, in, in, in relationship life you know, rather than your, your design life, you know? Yeah. The part of being a designer in sports, like it, to me, my passion lied in the sense that I knew I was a part of something that was bigger than myself. Like Mm -hmm. I knew that I was a part of helping the team on the field be successful, helping the front office be successful, helping marketing be successful. So what we do as designers is it's really like larger than life. Like it's, it's bigger than what you do every day like and sometimes it's hard to not like to have that to take yourself out of out of that perspective of just like pushing pixels like we are every single day you're in the nitty-gritty and the grind of it sometimes it's hard to like take a step out and and realize that mm-hmm. yeah um so kind of backpedaling a little bit getting into yeah. getting into freelance a little bit more um going back to your transition i know this is one thing that well i guess maybe not freelance but i guess getting into um 
being able to find a place where you fit or find a scenario where you fit, find a path where you fit, basically Mm -hmm. going into knowing your value. Um, you know, that was something that you guys talked a lot about in your, your zero G panel. Um, it was something that I was actually very grateful that I was able to sit in on that while I was at work. That was awesome. (laughs) Um, and I think I mentioned it to Mark. Did you guys get the recording out by chance? I don't know. I'll check in on that. Okay. I think that it, I know that it was recorded, so I'll, I'll yeah. see what's up with that. I can actually, you know what I'm gonna do right now? I'm gonna pull up. I'm gonna pull up Mark's Mark's DM thread that I have. I'm gonna message him. I'm gonna message him right now. Hey, Mark. <laughs> have you by chance released the recording? of the zero g panel it came up in conversation <laughs> with ashley today <laughs> there you go awesome okay i messaged him um but yeah so just to kind of get back on topic here um talking about like knowing your value i know we talked before we started recording um, you said like, I've been freelancing for, you know, for as long as I, or I guess as long as I have, I mean, again, refresh me again, how long you've been freelancing again? Just over a year and a half. Just over a year and a half. Okay. And I think mm-hmm. you, you said something along the lines, like I still struggle with, you know, that side of things, mm-hmm. being able to price things out or be able to know value or everything. But I, I guess, I guess let's just kind of talk about it from the employment side of things. Um, that was like the main part of what you guys were talking about. Um, so I guess refresh people a little bit, um, about the panel and what the main thing was about, um, and everything like that. And then we can kind of go from there. Yeah. So, um, the panel that we had with ZRG was really just kind of about, um, the state of the sports industry and knowing that there's a lot of things, a lot of job openings in sports right now, um, a lot going on, a lot of, a lot of people, um, job hopping, a lot of people, um, just kind of really looking for their right fit in the sports industry. Um, and because of that, there's a lot of openings and, and obviously design and social media and video, um, is constantly growing as it is too. So there's always going to be, um, new job openings popping up in that capacity. We all know that teams could probably use, a way bigger creative team than they currently have. So um, it's interesting because I, I think we're kind of in a weird time in, in sports where a lot of people are considering going freelance, um, whether that is because you want a better work-life balance or you don't feel like um, the industry is is for you right now. Um, I mean, that's kind of the reason that I, I decided to go freelance. And, and I think knowing your value... I guess looking at it from a, from a freelance perspective, for me, it is still something that I, I do struggle with. Um, I know that I have experience in the industry and I know what I'm capable of, but I think all of us have a little bit of that imposter syndrome. And and it's hard to send a contract or a proposal off to a client um, and not know what their reaction is going to be. Like, you, you don't know if you're asking too much, if you're asking too little, Um but I've kind of learned throughout this process and I'm still learning as I go, um, you know, ask for more than what you think you should ask for and see what their response is because you never know. They might say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so, that's the same with working in-house somewhere too. Uh, if you feel like you're in a scenario where you deserve a raise or you feel like you're in a scenario where you need more help, because um, I've been in, in both of those scenarios, uh, you just have to 
put together your your research, do research on, on whatever you think that you need, um, put together the facts and and go ask someone because the worst that they're going to say is no. And then you can counter with them and try to try to meet in the middle somewhere. So mm-hmm. knowing your worth in the sports industry is obviously super important because you don't want to find yourself in a, in a scenario where you're being um, overworked, underpaid, underappreciated, because we all know that that can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I really answered your question. Well, no, 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 that's good. It's good. It's like, I guess for me, like since this, this job that I'm in right now is like my first like big boy job out of college. Sure. You know? I mean, I had some experience freelancing and I was like, I'm, I'm still freelancing now. And at, in that process, like I'm able to, you know, as time went on, obviously I, I was, uh, I had more respect for myself in a sense, you know, at, at the beginning, I feel like everyone, you know, oh yeah, $20 for something that could probably be valued at like 150, 200 bucks, you know, sure. especially with, I feel like logos is something that's a big thing that people do yeah. for cheap that like, mm-hmm. you know, could very easily be like 10 X in price, you know, but really? just to give just to give like a, a good example there. Like, I guess if you go on Fiverr, let's just use Fiverr. If you go on Fiverr, you can get you can get a logo for five bucks that <sighs> some designers could charge that five bucks like so easily. I mean, even a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like totally. And a hundred bucks, I guess for me, a hundred bucks isn't isn't really that much. Thousands of dollars is that much, but like hundred bucks isn't that much. But going from five to a hundred, that's a big jump. And then a hundred to a thousand, obviously, like I guess for me, as time went on, like I was able to do that. But like getting into my first big boy job i feel like i feel like at the moment at my current time in employment and in this whole industry i value experience a little bit more than compensation um one because obviously i'm just starting out like my freelance experience can only speak so much like i haven't worked in office yet i haven't worked the inner workings of you know how things work especially between collaboration between like within a professional setting that's something i haven't experienced yet so i knew that's what i need to get because my ultimate goal is to freelance full-time so it's like i know i knew some pillars especially with talking with some people like like brad lefeld um even like like with brandon and and sammy and dan when i had them on as well um Mm -hmm. you know i knew some pillars i had to get and i think as like i think my, I guess if if I use a word to kind of describe it creatively, I guess not creatively, stylized, you know, be able to sure. describe it stylized. My arrogance, I had to take my arrogance down a little bit when it came mm-hmm. to my value to be able to know what I need, you know, now and what's what's a little bit more important in my career. I feel like that's something that should be considered as well. To where, like, yes, your value is is awesome. If you if you value your project, that's a thousand dollars, none or less. But you're, or a thousand dollars, no, no less. But you're not getting clients. There's a reason you're not getting clients. You know, there's some there's some other yeah. things you have to learn. Some other things you have to experience before that. Like, I'm I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the best freelancer ever. You know, because I'm not. You know, but there are some things that I've realized that I have to experience before you know, in like a step of the ladder almost to be able to get totally. to where I want to go. And I know, I know my value. I like, I like to say I, I know my value and obviously as experience and time goes on, that'll, that'll go up. But in my current yeah. state and time, I had to consider other things. 
I guess. No. Yeah. You, know, you understand. Yeah. I guess, <laughs> to kind of, I feel like, I feel like that was understood. I, I rambled a little bit, but I feel like that was easily no. understandable. I know what you're saying. And I can speak to that too, from a being in house scenario. It's like, and, and I think this applies to freelance too. Like I said, freelance, I, the only reason I was comfortable going freelance is because I knew that I had mm-hmm. um, built a network over the past eight years of people that, that knew my work. They trusted that I would put out a good product. Um, but a lot of that for me from an in-house perspective too, like before I would ask for a raise, before I would ask for more equipment, before I would ask for um, anything, an employee under me, you have to really build that trust with those mm-hmm. people too. And a lot of that comes from um, relationship building and, and showing your work, mm-hmm. your, your worth, I mean. So you do have to maybe go above and beyond um, for someone, for them to be able to trust you and understand that you're going to put out a, a good product. Like I know, I know for me, um, especially in college football recruiting, a lot of the coaches and, and the people who I, I report to, they may not really understand the creative world. So a lot of time was spent on my end, really helping them see, Hey, if we put in a little extra time on this and do this really cool thing, it's going to have an even greater impact. So mm-hmm. a lot of that is just building relationships with people, building trust with those people. And then, like I said before, doing research and showing them um, the impact that whatever you're chasing after um, could have on the final product and how it will make everyone better. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that is you getting a raise and, and you putting a little bit more time into your work or whether that is... Uh, them buying a new camera for you, um, if you can build that trust and show them that it really will have an impact and they're going to be willing to invest in you, invest in your career and invest in um, whatever you need to help make your skill set and in your work environment better. I love that. I love that. That was an awesome explanation of everything. Um, <laughs> so to kind of round things out, to kind of release, yeah. I guess, the informative, informative information here that we've been talking about, um, I have to ask. So I had, I guess to give you a little background before I asked, I had a guy named Kenan Pearson on. He works for, yeah. I think he works for, yeah, he works for Duke. And yeah. the whole time I had him on, I was looking at his setup and like his background and everything. So now you easily have the most interesting background that I've had on the podcast. <laughs> what kind of, I see different like racetrack lines going on i see yeah. a bunch of balls do you have what's the neon sign say behind you i, I gotta know it, what what the whole vision was well it's hard to see but it says smash but um for me being freelance kind of like i touched on a little bit like when i first started out i really i really struggled with it um i really missed the fast-paced world of sports like i i felt weird not working nights and weekends i <laughs> i just i really struggled with with my transition to freelance for on the beginning. And I still have days where I do struggle with it too. Um, but I started working with a career coach um, about six months ago. Um, and one of the things that she really kind of helped me um, focus on and work on was realizing that I needed to look at freelance as more of a um, permanent thing versus just thinking of it as like a temporary stop. Um, and part of that for me, I realized was, was I just felt like I didn't have motivation in the area that was my office. So um, she challenged me to really, like one of the things that we decided that I should work on is really making my office feel like a place that I want to um, be able to do work in. So um, I kind of took the colors of my of my brand and decided to paint a fun fun design on, on there and on the wall. And I haven't 
I'm not finished with it yet, but I have some acrylic standoffs over here that I'm going to print out some of my um, photography work on. And then, yeah, I have a passion for, I, I've done a couple of projects in the past where I've painted um, footballs at the different places that I've worked. So I kind of awesome. figured I wanted to paint some, paint some footballs and soccer balls and, and put them up. And yeah, that's kind of all how it came together. Awesome. Yeah. I, I was very interested. Like the big neon sign was definitely a, I guess it's not, is it neon if it isn't like highlighter yellow or like pink or is it, is it That's white? It. Like, is it white? Yeah, it's white and okay. it's actually not um, a real neon sign. It was, <laughs> it's like a, an acrylic sheet with some um, LED neon wires that I glued on it. So mm, okay. I need it. it's cool. Okay. Did you make it yourself or did you get it outsourced? Yeah yeah oh that's awesome okay that's sick yeah i mean i mean i'm, I'm working with limited space here but i mean i i put this up that's that's the one you thing know I you're getting somewhere but yeah i have i have some work that i have to do <laughs> hey i was i was, te- I was telling kenan i'm like oh i'm gonna put put blackout sheets or blackout you know curtains on this side i'm gonna like gonna get you know more interesting things for this and get a get different lighting and like oh yeah it's so hard. much it is like when, when you sit back and try to like hmm i wonder what i should do there's like so many different areas you can go in i feel, I feel like i feel like i just gotta be like let's just go with it let's try it. let's see what happens and if i don't like it we can always you know try something again no oh, i did a lot of uh photoshop mock-ups of my room and my husband's super supportive of all this and we just sat down we're like okay we're gonna dedicate this weekend to working on my office like we're gonna get it done so it wound up taking a, a lot longer than that but <laughs> I very much like a like I guess one of the big reasons I didn't really talk about this earlier but one of the big reasons why I'm a graphic designer is because I grew up doing a lot of um, like arts and crafts with my mom so I'm a very like crafty DIY kind of person so doing stuff like decorating my office and and painting things and I love to do like mixed media stuff with with paint um so that's all like right up my alley and it was fun for me awesome yeah that's that's cool I always like like that's like one thing I never shy away from asking about like oh what's your setup look like like what what is everything I want to I want to see what your office looks like or even like like my desk at work right now like we have like you know those little cubicle spaces and Mm -hmm. it's just so blah like I want I just yeah. want more. And and that's just kind of like, you know, I mean, if I could totally personalize it, I mean, I would, but like, I, I know some things, <laughs> you know, some things you just can't have in like a cubicle. No, I mean, obviously not like inappropriate or anything, but like, I can't, totally. I can't toss a neon sign in my freaking office cubicle. <laughs> you know? Why not? You can do it. Who knows? Yeah, I was I was joked around at my job at, at KU. It was a very white bare room, and I always joked around. I was like, "I'm just gonna show up with a bucket of paint one day and just paint the walls." Like, what are they gonna do? <laughs> I mean, I mean, they they're just gonna have to repaint it. I mean, you could intentionally I mean... scuff things up and be like, "Oh, I gotta <laughs> gotta paint it to cover it." You know, this was there when I got in here. <laughs> it's hard to be inspired in a space that doesn't feel inspiring. It's hard to be creative if you're just. Uh, you know, surrounded yeah. by nothing fun. Yeah, oh, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, maybe I should think about that more often at at work. Oh my goodness, man! There you go. Like I have, I have this little thing. I finally there added some some greenery, whether it's fake or, or real. Yeah, heck yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fake succulents. 
it actually adds a lot like it's over in the corner and it's like kind of dark there all the time but it adds a lot you know (laughs) um but yeah anyways ashley it was awesome having you on today um i think we talked about a lot of great things um and i like to check something off my book like having everyone in zero g on the podcast that's awesome um but yeah I i think we talked about a lot of informative stuff and a lot of stuff that I think the listeners can take home today um, and, and really, you know, stick in their notebooks and have something to look back on, um, which is awesome. That's always the the main goal with these episodes. So um, yeah. I thank you for that. Um, and secondly, people listening, go down below, connect with Ashley on Twitter, um, connect with, I guess, whatever links I decide to put down there for Ashley. I know, I know you had a website on your Twitter, so I'll definitely put that down yeah. there as well. Um, so at least her Twitter and her website will be down below. So go connect with Ashley. Um, I always assume these things, but don't be afraid to ask questions. I, I mean, I always assume that people will answer. I would, I would guess, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would guess that things that, that people would answer, but I always, I always am hesitant to say, um, ask questions, but yeah, I guess now that I've said it, bombard Ashley with questions, everybody, um, fill up her DMS, make her like, make her whenever come whenever she comes on Twitter, she has like 20 more DMS. Um, of people wanting to learn. (laughs) (laughs) I will be totally honest going freelance. Sometimes my phone like overwhelms me a little bit. Sometimes I got, I'm, I'm, I get behind on my DMS, but I promise I will answer you eventually. It just might take me a little bit. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, but yes, anyways, um, Thank you for listening to episode 15 of Creative Process today. Um, it was awesome, Ashley, having you on, and it was awesome um, having the having the uh, listeners here listening to what we had to talk about. So um, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, week, month, you know, whenever you're listening to this. And as always, make sure you tell someone that you love them today. All right, we'll take it easy. Have a good one. We'll see you in episode 16. Peace. <laughs>